For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 104 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we are here to talk about some motherfucking Battlefront 2 this week. Right. That is the big news we have to discuss this week. EA had their big EA Play conference on Saturday. And quite a bit of their conference was devoted to Battlefront 2. In fact, about 30 minutes of it. So we got a lot of new information on it. And I got to say, it looks pretty solid. But before we get to that, let me give you the business. Oh, boy. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. Email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Buy our shirts and shit at tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such luminous beings as Making Star Wars is now. This is podcasting. Steel Wars. Rebel Girl, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Rogue One, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. Just a quick bit of business. Just real quick. Oh, it was good. It was good. It was efficient. Uh, we've got our new shirts on sale. Two versions of the same shirt. The shirt we are affectionately calling Blue Harvest The Last Monday. And it is available now on our Tee Public. Few orders have come in, and people should be having those shirts soon. Can't wait to see everybody rocking that badass new design by our good buddy Evan DeCellis. So, buddy, how's your week been? It's been a good week. It's been full of Star Wars news. Yeah, man. Mainly video gaming. Not a whole whole lot of other stuff. It seems like right. Um, before we get into the Battlefront Two stuff, did you see that Empire Online put out? a article naming the top 100 movies of all time i did not see that empire strikes back was a number two really yep it should be it's the perfect movie if you will yeah and you know 
any time. <coughs> For the record, <coughs> all three of the original trilogy movies were in on the list. Yes, sir. In the top 100, along with some some of the Indiana Jones movies and let me let me guess <laughs> Ghostbusters Back yep. to the Future yep they were all on now I don't I don't know if they were all in the top 10 but they were all on the top 100 yeah um but anytime you pit Star Wars against itself there are going to be some mad individuals and there have been quite a few people mad that Empire Strikes Back was number two I mean come on I mean, you know, it, look, it, I'm not saying it's got to be everybody's favorite just because it's my favorite. But the other thing you got to keep in mind is at the end of the day, what what the fuck does it matter? It's just a list in a magazine. Uh, a it, list- as far as I know, though, Empire Strikes Back is the favorite Star Wars of non-Star Wars fans. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, mistaken. you know, and, 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 you know, it's just anytime something in a fandom gets too big for its own britches, people want to try to take it down. Just down like just like Boba Fett. People were crazy about Boba Fett, and now you're starting to see a little Boba Fett backlash. He doesn't really do anything. He gets punked out, ate by the Sarlacc. I mean, which, you know, that's not necessarily an invalid point. He looks fucking cool, though. He looks real fucking cool. Um, and the other thing about this Empire Online or Empire Magazine list is it was it wasn't even put together by their editors i believe it was like a fan voted thing so right look if empire strikes back isn't your favorite don't let some empire magazine list affect that for you if it is your favorite you don't need a list to verify that for you who gives the fuck about a list it's just stupid fun to look and see what 100 movies they say are the greatest movies of all time yep what do you um what do you think the number one movie of all time was? Number one movie of all time? Ooh. Was it the Goonies? No. No. I, I mean look, I love the Goonies, but and see here I go. Oh, I love the Goonies, but I wouldn't put it above Empire Strikes Back. Um It is it is not necessarily in the same genre as some of these other movies we discussed being on the list. Oh, it, it's, it, it's tell a, me it's not Titanic. No, no. It is a Thank very you. common top movie of all time contender. One that you'll hear come up as one of the best movies or the best movie of all time. That you'll hear this come up pretty, you know. I haven't regular. named it already, have I? Mm-mm. In my other... No. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's not in the realm of sci-fi or even a movie that would be considered, you know, quote-unquote geeky. Is it an 80s movie? Uh, no. No. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to. The Godfather. The Godfather? Really? Yep. Yep. Which I still have not seen. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Because Johnny Grosso peer pressured me into watching it tomorrow so we can discuss it on Rogue One. Since it's come up a few times that I've never seen it, so. I mean, I guess look uh, for my Godfather review on Rogue One tomorrow. There you go. I've got a whole bunch of fucking work to do, and there's no way I'm going to get it done tonight. And so a fucking three-hour movie seems like the perfect opportunity to sit on the couch and get a little extra work done before I (laughs) venture off into the land of Hyrule for the rest of the day. I just, 
yeah, it's a great movie, and I'm not hating. But I don't think it's Marlon Brando's best movie, and I don't think it's Al Pacino's best movie. Okay. Well, there it goes from from the, the fucking beard of Sheffery, the beard of cooking himself, Will Witten. Dude, and I've been getting some cooking... I've been you have you people have have been blowing been. me up on Twitter about the cooking, which I love, by the way. That's not a complaint. I'm more than happy to help you know dish out some cooking advice. And just so you guys know, like Will is not um, as obsessed with check- checking his Twitter as I am, which I commend. But whenever I see someone hitting him up for cooking advice, I make sure to shoot him a text and be like, "Hey, he so definitely lets me know." So I don't want you which guys. I- you know, if I don't get back to you right away, I'm I will get back to you. So, uh, have you been following any of the E3 coverage from this year? I've gotten to see a chunk of it, okay. but not as much as I'd like. You know, um, let's leave Battlefront out of the conversation because we're definitely going to cover that uh, a you little go- more in depthly. Is there anything that has struck your fancy that you've seen? What is the um the Bungie's newest thing? Uh, what is that called? Not Destiny 2, the next thing. Uh, that's all Bungie Af- has in the pipeline is Destiny 2. No, it's something called, it's not Aftermath, it's... Anthem? Anthem. That's not Bungie. That's that not Bungie? Bungie? That's Bioware, my man. Bioware, that's what it was. <laughs> you probably... I, I don't know why I thought it was Bungie. Well, because I think I know why, because it looks like they took Mass Effect and mixed it with Destiny. It does. And boy, am I excited about that game. I think Anthem that might have been... freaking tight. Yes, you're in the fucking robot suits and stuff and yep. whipping around like Iron Man. And, and it's, it's, it's the same type of game as Destiny. I won't call mm-hmm. it an MMO because uh, I'm start, I, I think I'm going to take a hard stance and um, not refer to those type of games as MMOs because they're not really, even though that's kind of what they're trying to emulate. We'll say it's a shared online experience. So right. you can team up with your buddies and go on missions and shit. It's slated for fall of next year, but knowing Bioware and knowing this the type of game that they're trying to pull off, I think that could end up getting delayed. I hope not, but there right. is a, there's always the possibility. Uh, but I think that was my favorite game I saw out of E3. That's the one that had me the most stoked. Um. I'm also really, really excited about Black Desert Online, which is an actual MMO that's coming to um, Xbox One. It's been out on PC for maybe a year, maybe two years now, but they're bringing it over to Xbox One. It has an insane character creator, Uh, maybe the most detailed character creator I've ever seen in in an MMO. And the combat is not like World of Warcraft or, you know, uh, Knights of the Old Republic even, where it's sort of turn-based, but not really sort of action turn-based. It is, it's basically, from what I've seen, it kind of looks like Fable-style combat in an MMO. So it's like action RPG you can right. be wizards and all the spell effects look cool. And there's a ton of classes, ninjas, shadow knights, um, Orochis. It's, it's, I believe, a South Korean MMO. I believe that's where it originated from. 
So something to look into. Now, in the U.S. on PC, it's been buy-to-play with optional microtransactions, which means you pay your 60 bucks and then there's no monthly fee to play like there are with a lot of MMOs. Right. Uh, hopefully they go that same route with it on Xbox. But either way, uh, this is going to be one I'm going to be up your dickhole to play with me. Dude, you know I'm down. <sighs> I know you love a good fucking fantasy co-op type game. Um, I sure do. Those are rare nowadays, the co-ops. Yeah, well, and, and you know, an MMO is, in my opinion, co-op at its best. It is. There's so much to do in a good MMO, you know. Um, let me see. What else did I see that looked impressive? Isn't there, there's a new Mordor game, right? Yes. Uh, fuck, what is it called? Shadows of War. Shadows of War. Middle, Middle Earth, Shadows of War. It's the sequel Because the first to... one was Shadows of Mordor. No. Yeah. Shadows of Mordor. Shadows of Mordor, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was great. Yeah. I loved that game. Yeah, it was... That game was the epitome of having one really cool, new, innovative system in the Nemesis system yeah. that they had, and then having sort of a generic Assassin's Creed clone built around that. But right. despite that, it worked really well. I'm, uh, you I know, know a lot of people didn't get the story. You know, the, the Celebrimbor... Wraith mixed with the, you know, the dead ranger, like, but I, I followed it just fine. I liked it. Like I, I dug the story. Look now. And I, then like in the end you fight Sauron, which I'm like, you know, that's kind of hard to believe, but I feel like this next game coming at me, you got to suspend some belief for this one. This is the thing. I, I followed the story perfectly fine. At no point did it feel like Tolkien to me. It felt right. like Tolkien meets Gears of War storytelling. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's fine for a video game. I'm not going to play a Lord of the Rings video game to feel like, oh, this is like J.R.R. Tolkien. Right. Fucking you make a video game and I got to sit through the Council of Elrond, I'll fall asleep. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be opposed to that. But what I'm saying is like, I'm not looking for that kind of. I know they're not going to hit that kind of quality. So I just view it as a goofy storyline set in the same universe. I don't yeah, consider Yeah, you got to take it for what it is. Yeah, like Tolkien canon or anything It's like your that. opportunity to slay orcs, you know, behead orcs by the millions. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That one is going to have uh, some pretty nice enhancements on the, uh, the new Xbox One X that they announced. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Is that before the Scorpion? Scorpio? No, that is the Scorpio. That is the Scorpio. Yes. Okay. See, this is the one thing I'm a little worried about with the, the way... I am beyond excited for the, the new Xbox. Because, you know, last summer, I upgraded to a 4K TV. And right. I part of the reason I went ahead and upgraded is because I knew Microsoft had this coming down... Uh, the pike, the pipe, whatever it is. They had it coming. And I wanted to be sort of prepared for that. So I went ahead and bought the 4K TV. So I'm all about that. That's sort of its big drawing point is that it is capable of rendering 4K graphics at 60 frames per second. They're saying it's the most powerful console ever created. Not the most powerful Microsoft console. The most powerful console, period. That's a strong, I mean, that's a strong stance. It's also, 
um, the smallest Xbox ever created, even smaller than the Xbox One S. I just think that the naming of it, calling it Xbox One X, while, okay, it sounds all right, it's cool or whatever, I think that might end up causing some confusion. And in the long run, if someone that's not necessarily is up to date on the differences between everything goes into Best Buy and they see the Xbox One S and it's, you know, $399 or $299 and then the new one is $500, bucks, something tells me they might go with the other one instead. Yeah. Um, I'm all in. I've seen some people sort of complaining about the price of it, which I get. It's not a cheap console by any means. But I think to get a, a PC that could get close to those kind of specs and performance, this all, you know, is contingent on the thing actually working like they advertise it to. Right. Um, would be way more than 500 So... As soon as the pre-orders go up, my ass is going in there and pre-ordering one, and uh, I'll be all about it. And they're putting out some cool uh, upgrades to previous games, but the cool, you know, the coolest thing is, no matter what. Yes, thank you, Jesse. Just handed me a glass of wine. Hell yeah. Um, no matter what, we'll still be able to play together because at the end of the day, it's still an Xbox One. Right, it's it's still in the same ecosystem. All the same right. peripherals and stuff work together. So, just boosted beyond anything we've ever seen before. Yes, yes. Um, so why don't we talk about the E three stuff that's actually pertinent to our goofy little podcast here? You want to talk about some Battlefront two? Let's do it. Have you seen much of uh, what's going on in Battlefront two? I've seen, I guess, a video in a news article. Okay, look pretty neat. So, I'll say, you know, (coughs) we talked about last week how, while I enjoyed Battlefront 1, it wasn't exactly all I wanted it to be, Um, and that I felt like they were trying to write that course with the new one this year, and the E3 stuff basically just confirmed that for me. Um they showed off mainly multiplayer at E3. Apparently some journalists and and stuff got to see the campaign, but it wasn't publicly broadcast. It was behind closed doors. And from all the, uh, you know, articles and stuff I've read from people that got to play the campaign, it sounds solid. It sounds like the mission that they got to play was sort of a mix of TIE fighter stuff and like, very Battlefront 2 inspired where they drove and like had to fly into the hangar of like a rebel frigate park yeah. and get out and start wrecking shit, you know? Yeah. So that sounds cool. Um, let's talk about some of the changes that are coming to multiplayer though. Cause I think that's what, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to play the campaign maybe, you know, all the way through maybe twice at most. Right. And, and I'm looking forward to the campaign. But the real content that's going to keep me coming back potentially is the multiplayer stuff. So, um, And they've made a few changes to the multiplayer system from the first one that I feel like are definitely headed in the right direction. Uh, the first of which is they now have classes, which, you know, they didn't have in Battlefront. Um, and... It makes only makes sense because of 
the fact that EA Dice is making this game, and they're known for the Battlefield games, which are very class-based. You know, the original stuff. Battlefront had classes. It did. It did. That's the thing. Battlefront has always been sort of a Star Wars take on Battlefield, even back yeah. in the day, before yep. DICE was developing the Battlefront games. That's yep. what it was. So, um, to me, it just makes total sense that they go to classes. And so, apparently, I think there's four classes. There's a, there's a sniper class. There's a heavy class. There's an assault class. And there's an officer class. Is the officer class like a healer? Uh, I believe there may be some healing uh, in the officer class. I also know that they can set down turrets. That's part of their oh, nice um, benefit. The you know the sniper class is called something besides sniper. Maybe specialist, right? Right. And, you or know, scout, the, or you know. you know something like that. And then assault. That makes sense. They're sort of equipped with mid-range blasters. I believe they're yep. the only class that has the jump jets, like the you know, the sort of jetpack type deal that pretty much everybody was using in Battlefront, it seemed like. Yep, yep. Everybody used it. Um and that's I kind of like the class system because it'll force people to play in different ways and it won't just be everybody with the same loadout. Right. Um and and I like a game especially a big online multiplayer shooter that has different roles available than just, hey, go kill a bunch of shit. Which, that's fun, but maybe sometimes I do want to be a medic and just heal all my buddies and keep them alive and revive them and stuff. Maybe I want to set traps and shit. Maybe I want to, you know, try to wreck shit with, like, uh, RPGs and, and things like that. <clears throat> What's frustrating is when you get the medic guy that doesn't want to heal anybody. Right. You know, that it's the medic for the guns or, you know, something <clears throat> else. Yeah, and I mean, there's always going to be those sort of frustrating shenanigans. That's why we just got to get a, a, a nice big group so we just have people we know and right? strategize. That's, and that's the thing. If you're in a group of people you know, they're all, oh, excuse me, they're always going to pick you up. Like, they're always going to have your back. They're always going to drop ammo for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah, another but, thing I wonder if blasters will be the same where there is no ammo oh yeah I, I believe they will be um, and also apparently the blasters feel a little better than they did in Battlefront from some of the stuff I was reading they feel like a little more deadly like they got a little more weight to them you know cool. there were differences in the blasters in the first one but to me it really seemed like it mainly came down to range yeah. And and fire rate. So apparently they're a little more varied in this one, which is a good thing, I think. That is a good thing. Um, the other change that they made is no more... And this was my least favorite thing about the original Battlefront that came out two years ago. Um, no more goofy-ass pickups. So if you want to be a hero... They have this system called battle points, where as you play, you accumulate points. And it's not just for killing people. It's for working on objectives and healing and, you know, everything. And as you accumulate these battle points, you can cash them in for heroes and, and things. Now, the one thing I don't know f how they're doing it is I 
so one article I read said that vehicles in this one are just parked on the map like they would be in a battlefield game, which yeah. I always liked. It always made sense. I didn't like in Battlefront where you had to run up to a fucking power up and grab it and hold two buttons down and people would just camp those spawn points for those power ups instead of work. And then you'd call it in and not get to use it because you'd be dead by the time it showed up. Right. Or yeah, before it called in and stuff. So if the vehicles are just on the map, I'm cool with that. If you have to use your battle points to use them, I'm cool with that. I just haven't seen a definite answer to how that works yet. Um, in the gameplay demo demo that they showed at E3, it was mainly one like it was a, basically a whole match set on feed between the clone troopers and the battle droids. And it, mm-hmm. I gotta say, like that's the one thing I, I don't think you could really hate on too much about the first Battlefront were the graphics. Man, was it a good looking game! It did. It did look good. And this looks even better. And, I mean, Feed in the movies is a beautiful location. And in this game, it looks really impressive. Lots of cool lighting effects and reflection what, effects on all, like, what the What did you say floors. Feed is? What? Where did you say Feed is? It's on Naboo. On Naboo. Yes. Okay. It's the capital city of Naboo. Right. The picture that I was looking at looked like it the Sith temples from that episode with Ahsoka where they were at the Sith temple. Is that going to be one of the maps? Honestly, I could not tell you because the only footage I've seen so far has been from Theed. And as far well, as you, I know... You that, know what I'm talking about. It's the one... It's the... it's the On Malachor from the end of season so. two of Rebels. Right. Isn't that Malachor? I guess there's too many trees. <coughs> but it's temples, though. There are three temples. It's that, that one, the one battlefront shot. You know, it's got the TIE pilot and then Darth Maul and Rey on the other side. Oh, no. Send it to me. Text okay. it to me. Um, and I'll take a look at it. Uh, like I said, the only footage I saw was from Feed. And, you know, there were the droid vulture ships f- right. flying around in the air. And the Naboo fighters were chasing them. And... Clone troopers were all fucking wrecking shit and going off. And same thing with the the, the battle droids. Uh, they did show a little bit of hero gameplay between Rey and Darth Maul. And both of them look really cool. Really cool. Um, so, I gotta be honest. I'm pretty hyped on this i knew i would be i knew once we got better looks at it and the closer it gets i'm going to be even more excited it comes out not too long after the new xbox and as as, from what i understand there's going to be some xbox one x enhancements so it's probably going to look even better that's the thing a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they're watching all this E3 footage where, yeah, a game may look impressive, but it's going to look even better more than likely when you get it home because you're not watching it on a stream over the internet. Of course, yeah. So, um... There's no DLC. Well, there is DLC, but it's all free. That's the next It's point. optional. Like, you can level up <coughs> if you want to. What do you mean? But you, like, from what I was reading, like, 
you know, if you want to take the time to unlock everything, you know, it's there. It, but if you want to hurry up and pay for it to unlock it, no, you can pay for the DLC. No, 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 no. That's that's different. That so all the DLC maps, heroes, game modes, vehicles, all the new stuff, like there is no season pass. Right. Because all the DLC is free. What you're talking about is leveling. There are microtransactions right. in the game. So if you want to take the time to unlock every blaster and every, you know, uh, grenade and all these other things, you can. And it's available. But if you're impatient, you can pay a few bucks and get some coins and unlock the blaster you're trying to get or, you know, whatever it is you're after. Right. So, Instead of doing a season pass, they're putting microtransactions in, but nothing that you can't get from just playing the game. Which is, if you're going to do microtransactions, to me, that's the only way you can do it. Like, I don't want a, uh, a buy-to-win type situation where if you spend enough money in the game, if you're just someone that's going to drop $100 on Battlefront 2 tokens, then you're going to whip everybody's ass, you know? Right, I don't like that. So I could be wrong, but I think that may be Yavin in that picture. Okay. I, I mean, I totally accept that. I just saw the temples. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know. That could even be some sort of new location that uh, that's just in the game. Because, you know, they did that with uh, Solust in the first right. one. But the, the, the temples and the, the sort of jungly area around them make me think that that's Yavin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no paid DLC. So there's not going to be a you got to buy the Last Jedi pack to get you know those heroes and the maps. You got to buy the Assault on Bespin pack to get Cloud City and Lando. It's all going to be free. So all the updates are free, which I think is a good way to go. And also I think it's kind of a yo are bad because fifty bucks for a Battlefront season pass that's a bit much weak sauce i mean you're looking at like a hundred and ten dollar investment for the game at but, the end. especially when you throw greedo and nia nub my way as as the first two downloadable heroes right yeah greedo and nia nub are free downloadable heroes i'm not gonna say there's not gonna be bitching from everybody but you're not gonna hear it from me i'm gonna be like fuck yeah greedo and nia nub for free count me in nia nub nia nub who knows who the fuck knows um <clears throat> so and lastly uh john boyega had sort of a video announcement at e3 where he announced that crate the upcoming planet from last jedi is going to be a map in battlefront 2 uh that's the planet you see in the trailer that the like skimmer vehicles are going over and kicking up the red dust. Yeah. That's great. And that Finn and captain phasma will be the playable heroes in that downloadable pack. So that's cool. That, and, uh, you know, the force awakens kind of established their rivalry for sure. And I got to imagine that the last Jedi is going to sort of, Take that, Take that further. to the next level, yep. So, um, <coughs> um, if I had to guess, you remember, so Battlefront came out in November of 2015, and then like a month later, right 
around the time of The Force Awakens, we got the Battle of Jakku map. If I had to guess, you know, Battlefront 2 comes out in November this year. Right around the time The Last Jedi comes out is when we'll get the crate map with Finn and Captain Phasma. Um, the one thing, other thing that I was sort of looking for was confirmation on what all heroes are going to be in the base game. Uh, in the footage, we saw Darth Maul, we saw Rey, Boba Fett, uh, I saw some brief Han footage, um, and then we know Yoda is in there as well. We know that Kylo is in there as well. Hopefully, in a perfect world, all the characters plus the DLC characters from Battlefront will be available day one, along with Rey and Kylo Yoda and Darth Maul. If that's the case, then I'm totally stoked and excited to see who they add next. And we know Finn and, and Phasma are the first two up. Yeah, uh, they better have a old Sheev Palpatine for Goose Bane. Oh yeah, the, see that's so. In the first game, we got uh, Luke and Vader, Sheev and Leia, Han and Boba Fett, Nien Nub and Greedo. Uh, Dengar and Lando, uh, Chewbacca and Bosk, I believe, and then Krennic and Jen Erso. Give give me all of those day one in Battlefield Two. Happy as a plus, you know the new ones, Yoda, Darth Maul. I don't know how likely that is. I don't know if you know having that many heroes throws off the balance of the game or something, balance of the fucking force. Yeah, but I would be really stoked if. If, I don't see why they couldn't. They've already sort of set those characters' abilities and worked them into the game. I don't know why they wouldn't yep. just, you know, redo them for two. So we'll see. Ayla Sakuda and Asajj Ventress mm. um, were in the Battlefront, the original Xbox Battlefront two. They were. They were, and that's something I would love to see. Do a fucking Jedi and Sith pack where we get, you know, Ayla and. And fucking give us Kia D. Mundy. Do you give know? Give me Kia D. Mundy, Oh, dude. my God. EA, if Somebody at EA, if you're listening, please, please give us Kia D. Mundy as a playable hero. E, make him dog shit. I don't care. I'll be the best Kia D. player on the planet. I'll be going to tournaments and stuff. Only playing as Kia D. Mm. Um, I would love to see, like, a Rebels pack. Throw in... Kanan and the Grand Inquisitor, you know? Yeah. Throw in Bl Hera and and Callus and all this stuff. Uh, talking about all this makes me want a Star Wars fighting game. <clears throat> well. Like a Marvel versus Capcom. Do you know how awesome it would be to play like, you know, blind Kane? Like he'd be awesome. I agree that a Star Wars fighting game could be done cool. I don't know the likelihood of us getting that anytime soon because of masters of Terakai or whatever, however the fuck you say that, that sort of Tekken ripoff that they did in the original PlayStation era. Yeah. And they put them in soul caliber. They did. And they were pretty fun to play around with in that. All right. So I think that about covers it for our EA E3 stuff. So, you want to do some emails and whatnot? Yeah. Did you want to talk about the Episode 9 director at all? Uh, well, 
we can talk about that because that is a bit of a kerfuffle right now. So, uh, in case any of our listeners aren't necessarily aware, uh, Episodes 9 director is already set. He's already been working on the script and stuff with a writer. Uh, His name is Colin Trevorrow. He first sort of caught notice because he directed uh, what I thought was an okay, decent movie. Safety Not Guaranteed. It was like one of those quirky, like, oh, here's a low-budget quirky movie. It was good. I'm not hating on it. It's just not like a movie I'm rushing out to watch again. I enjoyed it for my hour and a half or whatever. Uh, After that, he went on to direct Jurassic World. And then from that, he got the episode nine job. Well, in the time in between Jurassic World and episode nine... He has directed a small budget movie, a movie with about a $10 million budget called The Book of Henry. Correct? Isn't that what it's called? Yes, The Book of Henry, which just released in theaters. I guess this week. I guess, yeah, this week. And boy, oh boy, is it getting torn apart by Apparently, this movie is hot garbage. I mean, if... I, I haven't seen it. I read several reviews, and just from the reviews, I don't care to see it. Not because the I read the reviews, and I read the reviews with spoilers in them to where they tell you what happens in the movie. Because I had, you know, Me this too. was such a big deal. I was like, I ca- I gotta I gotta see what's going on in this. <coughs> now, and, you know, let me say, if those reviews with spoilers were glowingly pro- positive, I still wouldn't want to see it. Just from hearing what the movie is about and all about right. is not something i'm interested in reviews or not i would not be checking out this movie um having said that it sounds like garbage i mean it does not sound great it does not sound great sounds bad like it Um, just sounds like a bad movie and boy are people freaking out because you know (laughs) colin trevorrow (laughs) has got the rank like so you know it's sort of Famous, famously well-known that Richard Marquand, the gentleman that directed Return of the Jedi, didn't necessarily have an easy go of it. And, you know, there's some people that say that, like, really, George Lucas, is, George Lucas directed it and Richard Marquand was sort of his... George Lucas was his puppet master or, or whatever. Like I, right. I could go into more of it, but grant, but honestly, I don't have all the information off the top of my head and it's just long and drawn out. So, you know, he's in a very similar situation where it is going to be his responsibility for wrapping up this new trilogy of star Wars movies. And um, you better do a good job because if you don't, there'll be, you know, pitchforks and villagers with torches at your door. Yes. And so people are freaking out real bad. I've seen a lot of the sky is falling type. Yeah, right. Shit going that's, on. I mean, that's kind of funny. Like, that's just why I wanted to talk about it is because people are freaking <laughs> out. And I get it. I get freaking out. But this is the other thing. You got to keep in mind that this movie that just came out was a $10 million budget. From what I understand, it's all 100% Colin Trevorrow, right? Episode 9 is not going to be that way. You're talking a huge difference in budget, and you're also talking 
having the entire company of Lucasfilm working with him. Lucasfilm yeah, has as far made... as I know, the story's already written. He's just got to shoot it, right? Well, yeah, I, I believe for the most part it's written. Obviously, he had to go back and, and with his writer retool some elements of Episode Nine after Carrie Fisher passed away. Right. So, but I, I, as far as I know, it's basically written. I'm sure there's some retooling of the script and and some quote unquote punch ups that will be do. Uh, Howard, I'm going to LA to do punch ups. <laughs> I don't do a good Jackie. Don't do a good Jackie. Um, <clears throat> that will be done, you know, to get the script in, you know, order before they go to shoot and. From what I understand, this movie's going to start shooting in, like, January. So, um, so this was his last movie before he starts doing that. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it was so bad because, you know, like, I assume it's just a paycheck. Because as far as I know, this dude hasn't directed a whole lot of movies. He's probably still needing to make money, you know. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I think this might be a... Let me get in a small, smaller budget, small movie in between. Because, you know, there was a lot of time in between Jurassic right. World and when he started, needed to start uh, directing and getting ready for nine. So to me, right. that's more of what it was, was just like something to keep him busy. Like on a $10 million budget movie, I doubt he made a whole lot of money. You know, I'm sure there's probably some sort of back end deal if the movie is... <laughs> super successful which let's be honest and taint gonna happen they ain't gonna happen taint gonna happen um but yeah i mean i understand people freaking out but you just got to keep in mind that lucasfilm has shown if they're not happy with a product that a director turns in they'll fix that shit whether for the better or the worse now until the magical day comes that we can see both versions of Rogue One, we just sort of, I mean, it depends on your outlook. You can either take the pessimistic or the optimistic view and say it was for the better. I, I That's the one I choose to say, think, just because I hate to think that we missed out on a like a much better movie after the reshoots right. and stuff. So if, if he does a shitty job with episode nine, Lucasfilm will fix that shit. They will, they will make sure that shit gets turned around. And if they got to bring in a, another director for reshoots, you better bet they'll bring in another fucking director for reshoots. Right. So keep that in mind. Don't let it get you down. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying no. our listeners. Don't I'm let just it get laughing down. at the kerfuffle. Oh, yeah. Uh, people are melting down. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know a lot of people really liked it. Jurassic World didn't really do it for me. I enjoyed seeing it in the theater, but since then, anytime I've had the opportunity to watch it, say on HBO Go, it was on there for a little while. Like, it just, I, I never really cared to revisit it. The you know? reason it was so popular is because I believe it brought back a franchise that had been shit. You know, like, the reason everybody loves this Jurassic Park movie is because every single one since the first one has been absolute shit. You know, really? so I like the second one quite a bit. You like the second one? I do like The Lost World. I, do I like it as much as the first? No, but I, I, I think it's decent. Now, three, that's a different story. Three was horseshit. Like, three I just, was pretty bad. And it wasn't even very, it wasn't even two hours. It was like an hour and a half. I was like, how do you get, uh, what's his name? The main guy. Sam Neill. Oh. Yeah, how do you get Sam Neill back for an hour and a half shit Jurassic Park movie? 
And it's funny that you call it a shit Jurassic Park movie, but do you remember how they end up getting off the island in that one? They find a satellite phone and a pile of dinosaur shit. Right. That is like, and they're like, oh, we're, we're saved. Let me dig into this giant dinosaur turd and get this satellite phone. Horrible. Horrible. Lame. And interesting, I'm, I don't know for sure because I'm not like a Jurassic Park expert, but from what I understand, like Jurassic World kind of ignores, like those never, those movies never happened in the world of Jurassic World. Right. They ignore two and three, Lost World and Jurassic Park 3. Right. So, interesting. Um, but yeah, so it's not like he was announced for, for Star Wars and I was like, fuck, yeah. I was much more excited about J.J. Abrams and... Ryan Johnson. Um, Ryan Johnson than Colin Trevorrow. But, you know, I, I'm going until I see otherwise, until two years from now, I'm sitting in the movie theater and watching episode nine and being like, yeesh. I'm just going to assume that Kathleen Kennedy is a brilliant lady and she will make sure that we get the close to this trilogy that we want as, in terms of quality and, and stuff. We'll see. Maybe, you know, look, I love Kevin Smith. Tusk was not a great movie. Was it not? I it haven't seen not. it. Tusk was not a super great movie. So, you know. Red State was pretty good. Red State, a different story. I really dug Red State. Um, you know, even the best directors can have, you know, their bumps Do you think it's because they get too close to a project? Do you, you know, think there's so many be- things. They become passion projects or something. There's just so many things that can go wrong on a movie. You, you, who knows? Like, I haven't researched. The, the funny thing is, is I didn't even know Colin Trevorrow had this movie coming out. I thought he was just chilling until episode nine time. So the He probably first, wishes that he did. <laughs> he probably does. The first I ever heard of this movie was earlier this week when the embargo on the reviews were lifted and people were like, whoosh. This is some dog <laughs> shit. So, Ugh. and it is grim too. It's not a happy movie. No, no. It just it sounds like a weird amalgamation of a lot of different types of stories that I am generally not interested in. Into sounds a big like some shit night Shyamalan wish he had. You know, like oh, oh. So we'll see. We'll see. I bet you Universal is stoked. Well, who knows? Because. Once again, money talks, and that dude turned in Jurassic World, which made them a shit ton of money. It was second to only The Force Awakens that year in terms of I box mean, office. You got Chris Pratt and you got Bryce Dallas Howard, right? How I mean, you can't go wrong. Partly, not like I'm not saying he couldn't fuck it up, but yeah. All right, so uh, let's crank this shit and get into some emails. I say crank this shit and fuck it up. It's going too smoothly. Cockhead, what you gonna do with 
So, there you go. I don't know why this just reminded me of this. I want to go on this on a fucking quick tangent. Did you see anything in the news this week about Gene Simmons from fucking Kiss? That he is trying to uh, trademark the devil horns, the yes. metal horns? Yes. Go fuck yourself. Gene Simmons. fuck you. I... I like Kiss. Really? Because you know, I do not. Is. I'm not a Kiss fan, per se, but I mean, you know, Detroit Rock City, I like that song. That is the that was, only, only Kiss song I like is Detroit Rock City. And it Rock was a good City. movie, you know. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's a you know, I movie. appreciate Kiss where they fall in the rock and roll history spectrum, okay? You trying to trademark Devil Horns? Go fuck yourself, Gene Simmons. I Go hope, I hope the fucking spirit of Ronnie James Dio rises from his grave, <laughs> right? Like a, like a, like fucking a rainbow in the dark, right? Rises <laughs> that- from his grave, rides in on a spectral tiger and shoves a kiss coffin right up Gene Simmons <laughs> ass. You know why I don't like kiss? It's because of fucking Gene Simmons. I fucking hate Gene Simmons. He's a dick. Fuck it. Oh, we got Kiss Coffins and we got uh, uh, Kiss Comic Books and we put blood in the red ink. Fuck you, Kiss. Fuck you and the Phantom of the Theme Park or whatever that shitty TV movie you made. Fuck you for replacing Peter Chris and then just putting some other old dickhead in the fucking cat makeup. And fuck hey, Paul Stanley, too. All right, Paul Stanley. Kiss sucks. <laughs> Sorry to any Kiss fans. I just he he really rubbed he twisted my nips this week, guys. If, yeah. if you like tw- Kiss, don't hold it against me. Just realize that that's a fucked up thing to do. Try to trademark the devil horns. To, right. And like, and the the other thing is, how are you going to collect on that? Like, yeah, anytime someone at a concert does the devil horns, they got to pay you there, five cents. Like, do you yeah, not have enough money? Kiss, did uh, Gene Simmons, did you not make enough money on Gene Simmons' fucking family jewels with your douchebag son and your wife and kids and all doing Kiss stuff? I don't know what they did on that show. I just knew it was called Gene it's Simmons. It's all fake. I mean, it was. it's one of those scripted reality shows. No. Yeah, Nothing they Simmons. did in there was real. Yeah, like, Gene Simmons, you're in the same pantheon as the fucking Kardashians, in my opinion. And don't I try really to tell me know. that it ain't a wig you wear, Gene Simmons. That's a fucking wig. You're a fucking I, damn near 80-year-old man. That's a wig. And I really want to know how, like, how does he think he's going to make money on that? Like, are you just going to go to Sweden and at every death metal mm-hmm. concert, like, you're going to be like, here, you got to swipe your card. Like, you got to swipe your card through my square little thing <laughs> on my iPhone. Buy, you did the devil horns. Buy, you owe me. <laughs> buy five devil horns for, uh, you know, $4. Yeah. Get get a sixth one for free or some shit. And All I'll right. know. I'll know if you run out, you know, after you've done your six. <clears throat> All right, here we go. 
This uh, is our first voice message, and it is from our buddy Richie and Bastin. Bastin. What's up, guys? It's Richie. Um, wanted to ask you a question about the saga and where you think the saga on the whole is going to end. Now, I've mm. had several voice messages that I've sent into other podcasts, too. Not about this specific topic, but, you know, in my mind, I'm sort of building an argument. You know, I, I sent something over to the Sith list, Cheching, asking them about what they thought, what locations they'd like to see. And it got me thinking about Coruscant. And, you know, wouldn't it be cool to see Coruscant in the, in the sequel trilogy, like, looking like Detroit? And then I, you know, I sent something over to the bad motivators, asking them about um, The Force Awakens, in my opinion, that the movie is, you know, it's kind of safe. So I want to ask you guys, now you guys know that uh, I'm of the opinion that I want the saga, not the saga, I keep messing them up, this sequel trilogy to end on somewhat of a dark note, that I'd rather have... Kylo delve further into the dark side and maybe he ends up a new emperor. Maybe the First Order is there to fill some sort of a political void and and Kylo becomes the new emperor and Rey has to build the Jedi Order up again from, you know, essentially from the ground up by herself. Wouldn't it be cool to have the, the sequel trilogy end in such a way that also, you know, let's say Rey is a Skywalker, Maybe we get the reveal in 9, and, you know, everything ends on a dark note, but we know that there's going to be more shit coming. I'm of the opinion that the saga on the whole needs to be wrapped up in a, in a neatly and in a nice little bow. Now, with the George Lucas Star Wars saga from beginning to end, Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi, in order, that's what we got. And... I was very, very happy with that. I could watch those movies over and over again, and I'm a George Lucas apologist. Was I happy that Disney purchased and decided to make more Star Wars films? Of course I was. Did I love The Force Awakens? Abso-fucking-lutely. But wouldn't it be cool? Now, what I don't want to see is saga films ad nauseum, because then it sort of waters things down. It's kind of like more, you know, when we have 35 some odd NHL teams when we used to have fucking six. And and so, you know, things tend to water down a little bit. So I wouldn't mind seeing six films from Disney. Now, wouldn't it be cool that George Lucas has, a, has, a, has six films in the saga, Disney has six films in the saga, all of which wrap everything up in a nice little bow. I think to have a definitive end to the Star Wars saga, you know, at the end of episode 12, and say, and then they lived happily ever after, would be enough for me. And then, you know, as far as other films from, from that point on, you do little spin-offs, you do Old Republic stuff, you can keep that Star Wars train going. But it doesn't have to be a saga thing, because you can watch the saga self-contained and have a full story to watch in and of itself. Just a thought I had, interested to hear what you guys think. All right, take care. Right on. 
Uh, do you want to take that first, buddy? Yeah. First off, I just like how many times he said on the whole. But uh, <laughs> if you want to know where it's going on the whole, it feels good. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, here's the thing. I think at the end of this trilogy, uh, that'll be the end of Kylo Ren's story. Now, why do I think that? I don't think Adam Driver is going to do more than one trilogy. Um, I could be wrong. He could call my bluff, but he seems like the kind of actor that is scared of being typecast, doesn't want to do too much, you know, like branded stuff, wants to go do some avant garde Sundance festival kind of crap. And uh, I don't think he'll want to do Kylo Ren beyond this trilogy. Now, they could get him to do it. That'd be great. I just don't think his character and the story goes for him goes past the end of this trilogy. I think this trilogy would be end of Luke's story as well. Um, I would be, you know, I would be okay if it went on into the next trilogy. I don't think Disney will stop making saga movies. Like you were talking about, it'll be so-and-so the end. They lived happily ever after. I don't think that'll ever happen. I, um, they may take a break. They may do this trilogy. They may do one more trilogy and then they may take a break and go do some, historic stuff like you said some old republic style stuff the the big you know saga style star Wars movies may go back in time and then come back and pick up where they left off maybe as daisy daisy ridley gets older and john boyega you know and but i don't think it'll ever stop permanently they may take breaks and jump around in the storylines. You'll always have the spinoff movies. But I think as far as we're concerned, you're going to see a saga film every couple years. Uh, and the reason I think that is because I think Disney has kind of figured out a plan for these things, kind of like Marvel, where they have phases. Like, this is just the first phase. I guarantee they have uh, the next phase and the next phase kind of laid out on what they're going to do. And um, like with Marvel, by the time we've gotten to the third phase, I, I thought things would kind of be getting stale. But I feel like in the third phase of this Marvel stuff, it's it's just now kind of getting, you know, stellar. I mean, it's been good the whole time, but I feel like they've hit their stride in this third phase. So I'll be interested to see what the third and fourth phase of Star Wars is like. And, um, you, know, you know, Marvel may reboot with new people in these lead roles, you know, since some of these main characters aren't coming back, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and um, Captain America and Thor, like, I don't know how much longer they'll be around in their phases. And so I don't, like I said, I think that's why Star Wars will go back in time. I think these actors are going to want to do other things with their career than to dedicate them solely to Star Wars. But I guarantee they'll come back to it at some point. So my feelings pretty much line up with yours, honestly. I don't know necessarily, as long as they keep making them boatloads of money, I don't really see any... um, There is no the end off into the sunset. Motivation, so to speak. Now, I'll tell you what I'd kind of like to see. And I never thought about it from Richie's perspective. I think it would be... Now, I... The problem is, is I agree with you that I think Adam Driver is going to be sort of the Alec Guinness or Harrison Ford of this trilogy Mm -hmm. where he's like, yeah, I was in Star Wars. I don't want to talk about it. I'm done with that. I'm moving on. 
<clears throat> so I I do agree with you from that point of view, and I think that he you know considers himself like oh I was in fucking girls I'm a serious actor like enough with this Star Wars shit I made my bank with Star Wars now I'm gonna go do all kinds of artsy movies which yeah. is fine like you know do what you takes want. all kinds takes all kinds um, Dharma apparently doesn't agree uh, she doesn't like Adam Driver either or she does agree or she does agree um. But let's just play around with Richie's notion. The idea that episode... See, I still think that you could end episode nine on a darker note, but still have the Resistance and Ray and Luke and, and all the good guys attain some form of victory. But let's say... Because if you don't, they never win. Right. So, but let's say, you know, they defeat Snoke. Let's go with Richie's line of thinking. Let's say they defeat Snoke. They, but the force, first order is still around, but there is like a, a ceasefire or a temporary ceasefire and the resistance holds control of part of the galaxy and the first order holds control of part of the galaxy. Kylo becomes the new emperor, maybe even train, you know, has a new apprentice in the next trilogy. I, I think that could be sort of an interesting story to explore. And you know, I've a lot of times when I think about it, I I wonder what if this trilogy is the new prequels, and I don't mean in fan and critical reaction or quality. I mean, what if this story is serving as the setup for the next trilogy? The way that if you watch episode one, two, and three in chronological order, and then four, five, and six, it tells the story of how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. Right, and what if you know, this story is sort of telling the story leading into the next trilogy, which you would hope if there is going to be a 10, 11, and 12 that they would do that. I think that'd be great. And now, see, the thing is, I, you know, <clears throat> from my perspective, the, you know, the resistance slash rebellion, they just can't win. You know, I know in The Force Awakens, we're coming from a place where, Technically, the the resistance did win. You know, the Galactic Republic was reestablishing itself. Yeah, I mean, there's but, been a you know, but a there time was an, of relative peace for thirty years, but not where there wasn't <clears throat> a fascist space Nazi group out there. Like, obviously, the First Order existed and was building mass. Right, like, but I mean, and I know you can't always do away with the villain. I just feel like there's going to have to be a return at some point to the prequel era where the Jedi get so established and so big for their britches that they get foolhardy. Eventually, the good guys are going to have to win to a point that they get foolhardy. Again, for the Sith to pull the rug out from under them again. Now, see, that's you mentioned in that. Uh, and uh, listen, I know that saying this is like the height of fan fiction. In a perfect world, not perfect world, but in my dream star wars trilogy for this trilogy and the next trilogy you would have kylo ren could be redeemed but in a moment of self-sacrifice so that does wrap up kylo's story right ray is either a blood-related skywalker or takes on the name skywalker to carry on the skywalker lineage luke doesn't die okay hear me out 
But the big sort of cliffhanger or lead into the next trilogy is the discovery that somewhere out in the unknown regions, there is a Sith pulling all these strings from afar. And honestly, I don't think they do that because I kind of think they're setting Snoke up to have done that. Not that he's and a I, Sith necessarily, but that he was he came from the outer regions or the you know outside of the galaxy and you know manipulated all this stuff. But I'm telling you, I would like to see the tease of the return of Sith in the next trilogy, and then in the next trilogy, I'd like Ray to be the A one main focus. That's the thing I have is I know at the end of these three movies. I'm not going to have had enough of these new characters. Like I like Ray Finn and Poe specifically so much that I am going to want to see their characters carry on to more movies. So I agree now leaving Luke there. I don't think in the next trilogy you make Luke the main focus, but I like having him there in sort of almost a Nick Fury role in an advisory role, and he could even have as much screen time as, like, Nick. Because you look at those Avengers and, and all those movies, Nick Fury isn't in those movies a whole lot. No. But I just think it would all be nice to have Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker as long as he's willing to willing and able to. So, And, and I totally agree with that. Um, I think the question we're going to have to find out or resolve or that the series, you know, is going to have to resolve is what does the balance of the force mean mm-hmm. and how do you achieve and strive for that balance? Because I feel like that's, that's what you're, that's what the big question marks are floating around right now are, is there even Sith? Will the Sith ever make a resurgence? What is the balance of the light side and the dark side? How do you maintain that? What happens when it's thrown off in either direction? Right, right. Um, and that's a good point. Now, will they get to answer all that? I, th- you know, I don't know how deep they're going to want to get into the answering too many questions about the Agreed. force and stuff. I totally agree. You answer too much, it becomes goofy. You don't answer enough, it becomes frustrating. Yeah. I am not a writer. Like you got, I would. You guys would hate a Star Wars movie I wrote because fucking Boba Fett would be fighting with the dark saber side by side with Rey while they whipped armies of Sith's asses. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's move it on. Uh, your cousin Will wrote in. Right on. Halls and Will. Hope everything is good. I started a new job back in April that cut my commute time down by about 15 minutes each way. Needless to say, I had a backlog of podcasts to catch up on, but I'm finally caught up and only have two in my queue. Both current shows of Rogue One and The Sith List. A chuching. I have a few questions. Since the Han Solo movie will be in May, and with The Last Jedi in December, how will they promote Han Solo? Do you think they will have a trailer before The Last Jedi? With only six months in between the two, they will have to start promoting for the Han Solo film earlier than they usually do for their films. What are your thoughts? I'm thinking about starting to collect some Black Series figures, but I'm not sure if I want to. It is a fairly cheap hobby, but I'm still wondering about the space and where to store them. Keep up the good work. So, uh, the question about Han Solo promotion is something that has been bouncing around in my mind grapes, for sure, because the current 
trend in Star Wars promotion seems to be about eight months from the movie, you get your first trailer. A couple months later, you get or your first teaser. A couple months later, second teaser, October-ish, final trailer. So eight months out from the release of Han Solo is August. As in two months from now, August. And it's going to be weird to see how they handle it. I'm not sure how. So will they, would they put a teaser out in August with a final trailer for The Last Jedi to come out two months later? Potentially two months later? I doubt it. I have this feeling that the first teaser will be in The Last Jedi, like he said. And I know that would be not protocol, but I don't know. I got this feeling that sitting in the last jedi you'll see the teaser for han solo i mean in in one hand it would make sense but on the other like i wonder is that too late to start promoting a movie only five months out and honestly i don't know i'm not what if they drop the teaser before then but you don't see anything else until after the last jedi comes out now that could actually kind of work where we get a first teaser sometime before the last jedi but we don't get a full trailer until after the last jedi Clearly, they can't go the current route because they're not going to release the first trailer after the Blu-ray for The Last Jedi comes out. Because the Blu-ray for The Last Jedi is going to come out in like April or so of of next year. And that's only a month before Han Solo. So they're not going to do that. So before the full, you know, life of The Last Jedi is done. Not, you know what I mean, the full release life because it, you know, theatrical release leading up to the Blu-ray release. We're going to see Han Solo promotion of some sort. Uh, I just, I honestly don't know how they're going to do that. It's going to be interesting. Now, it's a good that, question, Will. Yeah, it is a good question. And it's one I've thought about and one I've actually discussed with uh, Jason for making Star Wars. And he's like, I don't know. What are they going to do? Um, it'll be interesting. That's, and, 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 you know, after Han Solo, if, as long as they keep up with the May releases for, you know, episode nine the next year. 2019 then we're back to the old promotion sort of uh format then then it's all fine it's just this one and maybe because this is going to be the one instance where you know they have two of these movies only five months apart you know they'll break tradition and, and it'll be a little weird now you know there's always i don't think honestly i don't ever think they'll get to this point but you were talking about Marvel early, and there's always the possibility, I guess, that we could end up getting two Star Wars movies in one year. One in the yeah. summer and one in the winter or something like that. I mean, Marvel, yep. it's a little different from Marvel, but you know, they could always, you know, once they get the train rolling and, and get these things in production, I guess it's a possibility. And then, then at that point, you know, I guess all bets are off as far as promotion goes. All right, uh, next up, we've got a voicemail from a new caller, or voicemailer inner. His name is Patrick, and this is what he has to say. Good evening, good evening, good evening to my fellow moisture farmers. Will, Hawes, big fans, keep up the great work. Guys, just a quick question. Uh, starting off my Star Wars collections now, uh, with the birth of my little boy Patrick, just turning one now, uh, coming from a big 
family when I was young. We didn't have the funds to spend on toys as such as collectibles. What would you recommend and where, and where should I start for the collection for not only my son but for me? Uh, big fan. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Ooh, I like that question. And I like uh, that fucking fancy accent. <laughs> like You're a that sucker fancy. for an accent. I'm a sucker for an accent. Like, I got chills. I was like, whoa, that's a good accent. All right. Um, so you, so I think he said his son was just sort of born, so he's, he's fairly young. Um, at, when he gets to the point where he's able to play with Star Wars toys and or play with toys in general and, and really start enjoying them, I think a good place to start, I believe they're called... Are they called Galactic Heroes or something like that? They're sort of the sort of short, squatty Kind of like the Mr. Potato Head looking kind of... Well, not really. Those These are like... They come in like little play sets where you can get like a... Like a Do they have like really big hands and feet? Yes. 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 Okay. And and I think those are a good starting point. A, they're, I don't think they can be easy easily swallowed. Like that's the shit I would worry about, right? Yeah, and they don't have little pieces, right? And like all, I believe all their weapons are fused to their hands, so you don't have to worry yeah. about losing lightsabers and blasters and thing like that. Things like that. I think that's a good starting point. Past that, I think the the sort of big Jack specific figures, the ones that are like two feet, I don't know, are they eighteen inches? 24 yeah. inches. I think those are good. They seem sturdy and, and you know, they can take a, the wear and tear. Then once he gets a little older, like, I think you got to go with just the classic three and three quarter line. That's what I was about to say. Once the kid, Patrick, once the kid gets action figure age, you know, you need a, you need a main good guy, main bad guy and a vehicle. And then, you like, know, like, and, and like whatever his favorite basis. character is or yeah. Yeah. Like so, let's say he was at that age now. You need a fucking Ray and you need a Kylo. Those are your like essentials. And like and an X wing and or an X wing or a Falcon. Know, like just, now and yeah. then from then on, just like whatever catches his eye. Does he like uh, sitting the, the Captain Athano? Does he like you know Captain Phasma? Does he like? He'll want one of those lightsabers too. Yes. Uh, customize your own. Build you know flick out lightsaber. Yeah. So. I think that's a pretty solid, uh, solid starting point for sure. Yeah, like you can't be. And if even earlier than that, I mean, earlier than those little figure. What were you talking about, Galactic Heroes? I think that's what a they're nice, called. a nice plush Yoda, plushy, yeah. like a soft teddy bear like Yoda thing. That's that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I say go for that, buddy. Thanks for. Uh, Sending us the message. All right. And that was a good question. For yourself, your own collection? Wasn't that part of his question? Now, so if if he is, if this is a duel for him and his son, like I said, three and three quarter, but if, right. it's, if he's wanting his own separate sort of Star Wars collection, whatever the fuck you like, you know? Like, yeah. Whatever what you like your, and what catches you, your eye. What you're going to like to display because... Yeah. You know, one of the one of the prides of a collection is having that having that stuff on 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 display in yeah. a good case. So, you know, whatever you're going to take a lot of pride in showing off, I, that's what I'd start with. But, if it's Legos, do the Lego thing. If it's black oh, series, and that's, the black once series. Once again, thing. like that's a good point. Once once your son is of the Lego age, I mean, man, do they make some cool Star Wars Legos? And I had a lot of fun with Lego when I was a kid. So, but that's a ways off for him if he's just born. Yeah. All right, so we have a cooking with Will recipe question from our buddy Ollie. Uh oh. 
Here we go. What's up, moisture farmers? Hey, Haas and Will. Just wanted to drop you a line. It's your boy, Ollie. Uh, quick question for Chef Will, the Peter North of, uh, of cooking. <laughs> oh, um, no. I, I, lately, I've been making turkey chili a whole lot, and I just can't get it right. Now, putting aside whether or not I should even be making turkey chili and whether that's complete nut or shit, you know, I, I try to not eat as much red meat as I can, um, you know, despite the fact that I love it. I either make it too watery or it's too spicy. And I'm not sure if I'm putting the right things in it. I followed a hundred different recipes. I, I just can't get it right. So, Chef Will, I really need to know, do you have a good turkey chili recipe that, you know, your regular layman can do who, you know, lives in an apartment and doesn't have a lot to work with? All right, guys, checking out. Thanks a lot. Ooh, turkey chili. You know, I know, I know I'm in the minority here. I'm not a big chili guy. Are you not? No, I, you know what it I is. I love chili. It's the beans. I'm not a big. You can beans make chili guy. without beans. I know, and you put that shit on hot dogs. But like, if I, chili without beans in a bowl is just meat soup. You know, Why like, do you not like beans? Do you I not like know. legumes in general? Uh, so I don't like like beans and chili. I'm not a huge refried beans fan. I don't mm. like like the the spreadable no pinto beans, beans no lima beans no oh, black eyed peas now hold on lima beans black eyed peas green beans all about them it's there's something different i'm just not baked beans i'm not a huge fan of hmm. um i like so the one type of bean 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 that i like is black beans i do like yeah. black beans at like a nice mexican restaurant or something yeah. like that but otherwise i'm not a huge beans guy so but what do you got for our buddy Ollie as far as making a decent turkey chili? Well, I'll tell you this. We can break it down by a bunch of steps. But you said your two main problems were it's either too moist or it's too spicy. Um, now, to counter moisture, when you cook ground turkey, and uh, I totally, you know, I'm not going to give you any crap about that. I totally respect not getting too much red meat. Turkey is a good option. When you cook ground turkey, a lot of moisture comes out of that ground turkey. So I don't know if you're cooking your ground turkey and then you're draining it before you put it in your chili or if you're cooking the ground turkey and then adding everything else to your chili. Um, another, uh, I mean, I know I'm not sure what kind of canned um, tomato style stuff you're adding to your chili, but you know, if, if it's too watery, I just back off by one can on whatever the soupy element is, you know, crushed tomatoes, really good in chili, a can of Rotel, really good in chili. If you're finding that it's too moist, you know, drain, drain the Rotel before you put it in there. You can drain all that liquid off and just have the chunks. But, um, and again, chili is something that you can cook low and slow for a long time. And that um, that is what I would do. I would start your chili, do it how you normally would, back off on the liquid. Because you can always add more water, more moisture, and get it to a, consist a consistency you like later on. But cooking something low and slow over a long period of time is what allows all those flavors 
to meld together and to come together, it also <laughs> will thicken up to the right kind of consistency you want. So I would start with less than you need. And then if you need that extra can, add it. Or if you need just a little bit of water to loosen up, add it. But start start with less moisture than you think you're going to need because you can always add more in the end. Spice-wise, um, in chili, there's lots of Latin spices you're going to be using. Cumin, chili powder. I'm not sure where your spice element is coming from, whether it's a can of Rotel or whether it's jalapenos or whether it's cayenne pepper or hot sauce. But again, on any of those, find a, find a recipe you like and then tweak it from there. Like start small, you can always add more. And like I said, if you cook low and slow, you can always add a little more spice when you get there at the end if it's not as spicy as you wanted it. But if you put too much spice in the end, it's only, I mean, in the beginning, it's only going to get spicier. Well, there you go. Uh, so as a cooking layman, uh, I have a question about the wateriness. Yeah. Now, is that something that you could, and tr and I know this is probably going to sound dumb, is that something you could fix by adding some sort of thickening agent, like some cornstarch? Yeah. Thickening agent, as far as that goes, cornstarch is your best bet, but you don't want it to clump. So when you're adding cornstarch to something to thicken it, you can't just go dumping cornstarch into it. You have to add water to the cornstarch to make what we call a slurry. Oh, and you add okay. that slurry to the the pot of soup or chili, and it will start to thicken. Now, cornstarch slurries thicken things, but the more heat there is, the quicker it's going to thicken. So thickening something with a cornstarch slurry takes, I mean, again, like I said, you can always add more. Start with a little bit cook it that heat will thicken it up quick stir it a lot and you'll watch it thicken you, you can see it thicken you may want to add a little more cornstarch slurry and that'll you know it'll thicken even further but i wouldn't i wouldn't go adding a whole bunch and then being like this isn't working because it'll snap and thicken up quicker than you think it will okay so and next up we got two more so fairly short emails uh next up we got our buddy neil and he says and will i sent you a picture through text that's going to be referenced in this email so Okay. Hey, Halls and Will. Last episode, you were discussing the 4chan leak, and you piqued my curiosity. I reviewed it, and while it was while it is very silly and unlikely, a painting of the sea monster slash Anakin was just recently done. Here's the link. That's the picture I sent you. While I see it somewhat resembling a sloth, it almost looks like a giant starfish standing up. Do you think this gives the sea monster more legitimacy as a potential plot point? Your friend in the force, Neil from Chicago. So... This is the thing. I think there is definitely a sea monster in episode eight. And the reason I think that is because it's been reported on by uh, making Star Wars. Does it look like this painting? I'm not so sure. It could, I guess. Is that the same sea monster that was talked about in the making Star Wars report? I don't know. The thing I'm telling you is fake. I'm telling you the 4chan leak is fake. And the reason I say that is because... What I think this person did just went and took all the stories that Star War or that Making Star Wars reported on, and stories that you know, like Star Wars Newsnet reported on, and combined them with their own 
made up shit to try and give it legitimacy. That's something you see all the time in these fake story breakdowns. You saw it all the time in the lead up to The Force Awakens where they would take something that Making Star Wars reported on and then extrapolate it on it with the, add a bunch of bullshit onto it but use the kernel of that Making Star Wars report to try and give it legitimacy. And that's what I think the 4chan guy did. Anakin appearing as a giant sea, sea sloth, I don't see happening. Will there be this, this uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> will there be this creature from this painting in the movie? Could very well be. Just And, and I don't say that because we're part of, say this because we're part of the network. I say it because of their track record and their history with being correct in reporting this type of stuff. But until making Star Wars says, yeah, that's that's what that creature looks like, then, you know, I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt. To You know, in my estimation, they have been the most accurate and most proficient in reporting on these sort of things early. So, you know, I don't see why anybody has any reason but to trust what they say when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't see the movie being... Anakin appears as a giant sea sloth that Ray fights, and then when she defeats him, he shows his true form and is like, it was all Luke's idea. That's just goofy fucking 4chan. Like, it's a dude on 4chan trying to get attention. I'm saying if Anakin didn't appear to his grandson to straighten him out about this whole Darth Vader shit, why would he show himself to Ray? Right. Right. Right, right. All right, so we've got one last email, and it's from our buddy Tomas. Hey, guys. First off, last week you asked about my Black Series collection. I maybe sort of just forgot to add those updates at the end of my emails, but I'm still collecting. I did to stop, decide to stop being a completionist and only buy the ones I like. But There you go. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all, buddy. But last week I did find a Princess Leia 40th anniversary at GameStop. Oh, Speaking of Black Series figures, uh, my buddy Matt from Holland Snokes, the podcast Holland Snokes, which, come on, that is... I can't go for that. That is an amazing name, guys. Uh, he sent me a Lando Black Series figure, the new Lando figure, and holy fuck did they nail this one. Like, it is one of the best Black Series they've ever done. So, Tomas, if you're a Lando fan at all, keep your eye out for that one, man. It is a beautiful figure. And while you guys are at it, you should check out Holland Snooks. Um, anyway, now that we're on the top of figures, if you could have any character, Legends or Canon, what would it be? I know mine. Are we talking about fig figure, like, action figures? Yeah, any figure, what would it be? Any figure. Oh, I have two. You'd say you're two. So a number one would be a, a number one Duke of New York would be Tar Vizsla, which we've never seen a full on depiction of. We, we briefly saw his story explained in last season of rebels. He was the first Mandalorian Jedi and the creator of the dark saber. That's what I want. I want a Tar Vizsla figure. Secondly would be Darth Maul with the crazy spider legs from uh, mm. Clone Wars. Because I think 
if done right, that could be a killer, killer looking figure. And all, all props are due to Johnny for that because I'd never even considered that until Johnny brought it up a couple years ago. I'd want to see, I'd want the old, the old Ewan McGregor Obi Wan, not yet Alec Guinness. You know what I'm talking about? Like that poster you gave me? Yeah, I want to see. Yeah. I want, I think it would be cool to have Tatooine Obi-Wan pre-Alec Guinness. So, uh, Obi-Wan figure from him in between episode three and four. Right. Now, have you ever seen the sideshow mythos Obi-Wan statue? No. It's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, wow. And it is a cool looking figure. You said you had two. The other one I would have, since we're including legends, I think an Exarcoon. Oh, would be awesome. Give me a full series of Tales of the Jedi figures, and I would fucking break the bank buying that shit, man. Yeah, I would be all be awesome. about that. That that would be right up my alley. That's a good call, buddy. That's a good call. Um, all right. Let me see. He had a second part to his email. I just sent you a picture of that Obi-Wan statue. Also, on the latest Rogue One, a podcast for winners, you guys talked about the possibility of the return of marriage aid, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, as a sta- That's me saying that, not Tomas. As established on last week's podcast, I'm a youngin. So do you think you could explain to me slash anyone who wasn't around during the time of the EU who marriage aid is and what her significance is? Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, <clears throat> so I'm by no means a marriage aid expert. In fact, uh, next week, here's a little sizzle for you. We have uh, a very special guest. Uh, some would say he is the songbird of our generation coming on. And he uh, is a big EU fan. In fact, I think he's probably read all the EU books. So he could maybe extrapolate this a little better than I could. But why don't you let me throw a shot in the dark and then you can clean up mine? Okay. Uh from what I remember, is was Marriage Aid a Dathomiri witch that mm, Luke fought? No. And she, then became no. his girlfriend wife that he had kids with? No, that I I believe he did have sort of a romantic entanglement with a Dathomiri witch in the courtship of Princess Leia, but that's not Marriage Aid. Okay. Marriage Aid was the hand of the Emperor which basically was like a special agent of the emperor. And they even did a little bit of retconning where I believe she was supposedly in Jabba's palace under the orders of killing Luke, but decided not to for some reason. Now, like I said, I'm not an expert. I could be getting this wrong. Um, But then after that, she basically takes on, like after, you know, the emperor and Darth Vader, um, you know, die in Return of the Jedi. During the Thrawn trilogy, Mara Jade is basically hunting Luke down to try and avenge the Emperor. She is like almost the Emperor's right-hand lady. He he trained her in the Force. She's Force-sensitive. Um, you know, she has a lightsaber and all that kind of good stuff. Um, uh, and that... Uh, <clears throat> She, uh, what? She's also, do you remember the character, uh, Talon Card, I believe is how you say his name. He's like the the smuggler guy in the Thrawn trilogy. She's like his second in command 
uh, during the, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, but you know, some shit ends up going, going on and she turns to the good side. Her and Luke fall in love. They get married. They have a kid named Ben and then Luke's fucking nephew, Jason becomes Darth something, another becomes a Sith and kills Mara Jade. That is the very short, like truncated history of Mara Jade from what I understand. Now she was a long lasting character. She, People love her. They do, and she's very popular. And I, she's I have, a redhead, I think. Yes, and I have nothing against Mary Jade. She just never did it for me. And like, you know, as much as I liked a lot of the EU books as a kid, and and I'm not trying to take anything away from them. A lot of times, I just read them being like, "Well, this is you know a Star Wars story," but I don't necessarily know that this is. If they were to do a movie or something, I don't really know that this is how it would go. And, you know, with 20 plus years of EU stuff, things got really complicated and really complex. And then when the prequels came out, things had to get changed in the EU because they conflicted with the prequels. And it just became a mess after a while. So the short and sweet version of the story is basically what I gave you. I could be wrong on a few points. It could be mixed up on a few points. But the the long and short of it is she was a special agent for the emperor. She was called the hand of the emperor. Afterwards, she still held a grudge against Luke. That shit got cleared up. She became a Jedi, married Luke. They had a kid named Ben and then Jason Solo killed her. So, um, there you go. That's what I remember. Now somebody's going to write in and be like, you're fucking wrong. Well, that's why we follow Canon. <laughs> yeah uh that's and like why I said, this isn't a legends podcast <laughs> if i'm if i'm wrong then uh we're gonna have a, a very exciting guest on next week who could set me down the yeah he'll be able there. to he'll be able to tell us probably much more so that's gonna do it for this week uh thanks for recording with me buddy absolutely thanks okay. for having me on dude i mean having you on you're my fucking co-pilot this ship doesn't run the same without you anyway uh we will see you guys next week uh if you like our theme song be sure to check out the band who provided the music they are stoned cobra and you can check them out on itunes spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com podcast award winners yes award winning local birmingham stoner metal band stoned cobra i know for a fact like saying stoner metal like, at least a couple of the guys in the band be like, you got that genre wrong. We're fucking just badass. That's our genre. We're, we're badass rock and, metal. And I would tend to agree. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week for Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>